What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Unpaid Players, the NBA show brought to you from the fan perspective. My name is Carlos. I'll be your host. And uh, here on episode three, we're going to hit some of the big topics going around the NBA, just like we typically do. So let's get straight to it. Let's bring in my co-host, the man who never met a timeline he couldn't meet. Mel, what's going on, bro? Yeah, what's up, bro? What up, what up? Yo. Mo, what's going on, my guy? <laughs> you What's what? What are we rocking today? Fresh to death mode. Tell us about the hoodie. What's up? Come on, man. Just a another piece of the bros finale apparel. You know what I'm okay, saying? Okay. Okay. Always supporting the fam. Always showing love there. Yeah, man. I'm only wearing my people shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you nah, gotta sorry. you gotta respect that. If you, you gotta if you, if you got a logo, let us know, bro. We'll definitely throw you in the beginning of the show for the payola. You need uh, the bag. Biggest bag. All right, bro. Uh, what's going on with y'all, man? We uh, we just had week two in the NBA. A lot of things are, uh, are changing. A lot of changes from last week. New power rankings out. New standings. Everybody's looking a little better. Some people looking a little worse. Are the teams who we thought they were, bro? Um, who knows? Who knows? This. But before we get into any of that stuff... Um, some pretty big news. We do want to give a huge shout out to Becky Hammond. Um, by now, if you're an NBA fan, basketball fan, sports fan in general, you already know that she became the first woman to coach in NBA game after yeah, uh, Greg Pop got himself uh, ejected, like he's known to do from time to time. But I feel like for the casual fan, they're not really aware of who Becky Hammond was who she is and if we're going to be real who she's going to be so if we just want to take a second and just hit some quick highlights here you know she was she was drafted into the WNBA I think it was in 1999 to the New York Liberty and she played a few seasons there before being traded and she played for the WNBA TNS in San Antonio the Stars and throughout her WNBA career she made six all-star games she had two all WNBA first teams, two second teams. She's led the league in assists. She was named a fifteen top, a top fifteen player of all time uh, by the WNBA. She had her number retired in San Antonio. You know, on top of that, she's a three-time medalist. So I mean, she's done right. some pretty ast- astronomical things. She started her coaching career in San Antonio in 2014, and before that, she was hanging around the team. She had tore her ACL in 2013, I think it was. And then when she was rehabbing, she was spending a lot of time with the Spurs team. And while she was there, you know, they would pick her brain a little bit, was asking her what she thought about certain things. And I think that's kind of where they started to, you know, really decide that they're going to bring her along as, as a coach, as that's something she's always been interested in. So at 2014, she showed the staff, she joined the Spurs staff, and then she made history a lot earlier by being the first female coach to actually coach an NBA summer league, summer league team when she coached the summer league team to a championship in 2015. So she's well accomplished. She's been on the bench there in San Antonio for a long time. And it's nice to see that she finally got that, uh, that opportunity for the head job. She has been extended a lot of offers, you know, at her alma mater and then at a few other programs. They, yeah. She was actually offered to be the head coach of a men's program in the NCAA, but she turned all those down because she wants to be an NBA coach. And now we finally saw a glimpse of her in the head spot. Um, so it's really only a matter of time. The question is, when is the time? So how long 
until we see her as a head coach. And where is it going to be? Is it going to be in San Antonio or someplace else that gives her the opportunity first? Quick question. Shoot. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, like a year or two ago, didn't she like coach like a preseason game or something like that too with the uh, Spurs? It's possible. I'm not. I'm not 100 percent sure about that. It's possible. Yeah, I, think, I wouldn't be. Surprised. I think she coached one of the um, one of the preseason games. Like, not th- obviously not this season. I think either last season or the season before. I'm not sure, but I remember seeing something about her. That's why when I saw this this notification pop up on my phone, like she become the first female, um, to coach an NBA team. I was like, I was thinking like, yo, I thought she just did that a couple years ago or whatever in the in the preseason, but I'm, I could be wrong, but I could have sworn she did. Yeah, I'm not sure if she was if she did that. We'll have to look that up in a little bit. I know she was a part of the coaching staff for the All-Star team in 2016 or 17, yeah. one of those two years. Uh, you said the preseason, Mo? Yeah. I think I think that was the difference. Yeah, this is the first time in a regular season game, so yeah, like regulation game. Okay. But, um, but yeah, I'm not sure about the preseason. We can look that up and find that out. But either way, a uh, highly accomplished athlete in her sport and uh, showing that she really not only is capable, but will likely excel at this position if you look at what other people have said about her. So it's really just a matter of time. So is her big shot going to be in San Antonio or is it going to be someplace else? Since we know other people around the league are already poke, poking their head around at her. Um, They've been all in on her in San Antonio. I think that that's, that stays home. Um. <clears throat> I think that it'll be a. I think it'll still be a while before they open up like they're supposed to, because you know everybody's like the world changes slowly. But um, I think that San Antonio will keep it there. They they've been believing in her way before it was cool. So I think that they they keep her there for a while. And I think she yep. stays there. I was gonna say the same thing. Like, I think it depends on where she wants to go and how long, pop plan on staying around so like they could be grooming her now to take over for pop so i mean but that's always been the problem right when is pop actually going to leave because he was saying for years that he was going to walk right out the door right after timmy retired and here we are years after duncan duncan's been on the bench not been on the bench you know he's duncan's grown dreads in the time that he's been off so I mean, what's like? Yeah. When is Pop gonna leave the bench? You know what I mean? Like, wasn't wasn't Tim Duncan part of the Spurs coaching staff for like a hot second too? He was, and he was actually a little uh, a little point of controversy either a year or two ago when Popovich had got ejected and Pop put Duncan in charge of the team instead of him, in which she had seniority. Um, I really don't want to talk, you know, too too crazy or bringing any drama to that, but yeah, he was part of the coaching staff there, so. The real question is when is Popovich going to leave? They got past that pretty easily, though. Yeah, I mean, I don't think anybody yeah, took yeah. it personally. I, I think, in Back. general, people made it more than what it was. But, I mean, sometimes you just want to win a game and you want to see what somebody's going to do. But either way, she's there. She got the look. And does somebody else give her an opportunity that's appealing to her before Pop is ready to step down? You know? That's a hard one to answer, yeah, because it's like nah, I think I don't, right I, now, I think it's pretty much based on when he leaves, because like she would be in the in the because you said she was part of that coaching staff starting when, twenty fourteen, so she'd been there officially in twenty fourteen, yeah, 
So six going on almost seven years. Or yeah, be seven years uh this next upcoming season. But like she been there this time, that probably she probably think that that's probably the perfect spot for her to start off at. And then like I'm I said, like, it I don't I really don't see pop coaching for that much longer, yo. Well wanting to. Well wanting yeah, to for well, the matter, yeah. yeah. I think I think he know what's up. I think he just kinda like riding that riding that last yeah, I don't think he' about to be sitting around through another rebuild phase to try and get back to a championship. I don't, I don't see that happening with him. But if you're Becky Hammond, do you, do you waste the time that you have? I mean, obviously she's got a long, a long time to go. She's young, but she's ambitious. She knows what she wants, and if she doesn't think that opportunity is going to come, because six years in one program as an assistant, that's not a short period of time. You know what I mean? When you've proven yourself over and over again, the players that you've coached at both the summer league and in regular season, she's coached, you know, bona fide all-stars and Hall of Famers. You know what I mean? Duncan, you know, Ginobili, Parker, they all speak highly of her. Players rave about her. Uh, I think it was Powell Gasol was, had some, like, big quotes about her. But how long do you wait? In 2017, she had already interviewed for the GM position in Milwaukee. So it's not like she's sitting around just saying, I hope Pop doesn't go because clearly there's going to be other opportunities out there for her. So, so if you think, like, because you said she knows what she wants. So if she knows what she wants and teams have already <clears> been reaching out <throat> for it and she's still in San Antonio, then maybe she want to stay in San Antonio. No, I, I think she does want to stay in San Antonio. I think she'd want to kind of, I don't want to say repay the loyalty because I think she earned what she has. But it is that though. But you at some point you want the opportunity to run the team and there's only so long you're going to wait for an opportunity. That's all I'm saying. You know what I mean? You, nobody yeah. wants to ride shotgun forever. Eventually you want to. Yeah, drive but I mean, what, what, what is the rush? <clears throat> like just do, she made the history. She already where she need to be. She ahead of everybody else. She the first, but I don't so think she probably, that, I, yeah. I think that she just take her time with that shit, man. Like, that ultimately, when she when she does get the torch passed to her, she'd much rather have it built on a system than where it's at right now. So I wouldn't I wouldn't rush it. If I wanted the Spurs, I pop do your thing. Like show me what you're trying to do because we're getting mid mid tier seedings every year. We ain't getting no good picks. I need I need a system. Oh, I got to go somewhere else, and I don't want to go nowhere else. Maybe or maybe she wants to build the system. Maybe she doesn't want the stigma going into her first head coaching job to be that she was handed a team. Maybe she wants that challenge of building the team, you know, doing the whole process herself. So, I mean, like I said, we're speculating here, but I'm yeah. just saying there's, I think there is a smaller window than there used to be on when she no, I can't, I can't disagree. gets the opportunity in San Antonio or looks somewhere else. Because I think with this look, I think other teams are going to say, hey, you know what, maybe we need to take a look at that because it's professional sports, coaches unfortunately are a dime a dozen the good ones stay but a lot of them one and done two and done and there's a lot of bad programs out there so for some teams any change is a good change yeah i think as a spurs fanship we need change we yeah. gotta figure something out we gotta figure something out the team gotta go faster yeah, i think that popovich is bringing um age into whatever we're trying to do so hopefully becky uh got whatever we need to kind of like modernize up this, this this genius system that we're supposed to have man it, it, it's 
2021, bro. Yeah, because y'all do look pretty bad. Relax, bro. Uh, listen, not to talk. I'm just saying. I'm just saying in general. Y'all look My pretty fan. bad. Hey, shout out to Becky, yo. Take your <laughs> yeah, time. Big shout out to Becky. Take your time, shout queen. Out. Y'all do look pretty bad. Um, All right, bro. <clears throat> which brings me to a, a, a another point. Really look, a question. Not, ben, not really ben a point. Simmons? No, not Ben Simmons. We're going <laughs> to leave him alone for right now, bro. Massey. <clears throat> No, it's got nothing to do with Ben Simmons. Right? Okay, my fault. Nothing to do with him. Um, <laughs> why are you starting? Uh, so I was watching a few games, and you know I watch pretty much all the games, even if I have to watch them the next day. And I noticed that when players miss really bad, like I cringe. So that got me thinking: I do coaches, head coaches, or anybody on the coaching staff? Do you think they judge players on how bad they miss? Like you mean like, like they shoot like air balls or yeah like air ball or you you it. shooting the three and that shit just smacks off the backboard it don't hit no rim do you think they judge them on how bad yeah it is, bro? I, I do I think so I think that either they they either a be like come on man get your head in the game or b you did the play and then it hit the backboard like if you did the play and it hit the backboard like yo we ran that and my head, if I'm the coach I'm like yo, we ran that forty one times bro. <laughs> I know we ran it 17 because I had to go get the water when we was on 16. And when I came back, y'all did it one more. That was the seventh. Right, that's how I'm going to think about it when I'm the coach and I'm yelling at him on the sideline. Like, bro, you know we ran it 17 times the other day. You told me about your brother right before the last time, right? Come on. You did this shot. Like, I'm I'm doing that. So, yeah, I ain't going to lie to you. I would be pissed. If I'm the coach, you hit the backboard. Come on, yeah. You airballing would, that shit. You know we did this. I think it would. I would look at it like, all right, if like you said, if they ran a play or something and it got to whoever was supposed to take that shot and he was and wide he do open, that? if he was wide open That's and it tough. hit that backboard, I'm going to be looking at him like, bro, come on, yo. Like, how, I would That's be the tough. one on the sideline like, like, how the hell you do that? Like, you, especially now with no no, uh, no fans in the stands, you would definitely hear me on the sideline <laughs> like, how the hell you do that, bro? Like, come on, bro, wide open. But the funny but thing is, like, like, you you know yeah, it's irrational, bro. right? Like, you know it's irrational. Like, it doesn't matter if it, like, does the whole, like, swirly thing and misses or just hits off the back of the rim or just goes over the backboard. Like, none of that counts for any points. So it's, like, an irrational thing to judge somebody on. But I just feel like, like, I feel nah, it. You, so I'm wondering you if they judge, feel it, right, too. You, right. you could judge by how bad you miss. Like, the little <laughs> swirly, the joint go around and pop out. You can't control that. But like, if you wide open and squirrely. yeah, like the little I know, um, I know exactly. Yeah, yeah. Toilet bowl and shit. Like that's how they used to call that it. That is it. That's how. Oh, no, it is. It is. It is. But, um, that. but like, if like something like that, you can't control. But I used to it. But like, you shoot a, shoot the ball and you hit the side of the backboard, like straight side of the backboard, or you shoot the ball and a joint gets stuck. Yeah, you get. The, I'm looking the at rim you like you crazy, bro. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, bro, come on, yo. You, you, you what are you doing here? Yeah, I'm not cool when the ball gets stuck. So basically, if you miss like Curry, you good. If you miss like Paul George, you gotta go, bro. Hey, yo. Speaking of Curry, yo, <laughs> we going on track. Hey, 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 nah, hey, that's hey, fine. That's we can track, jump bro. straight to it. Yo, he's going crazy, bro. I love it. I love it. I love it. We need <laughs> a hot take, bro. Hey, I like what Steph Curry is doing, yo. He's getting angry, yo. I'm sorry. Give me a second, yo. I love it. What do you mean what he's doing? You gonna sit you there just, just put a career high up after they say all that nonsense about yo, you're not supposed to nah yo, you you can't just talk crazy about him. About like yo, bro. See, I don't feel bad for Curry. He had the lucky team, and then he go off like that. Like that's tough. I love statements. <laughs> Shout out to Steph, yo. Hold on, time out. Because Stephen. I'll I'll let you who, after the show. Who you said said he had a really? lucky team? 
I said I didn't feel bad for him going through this the losing that he was going on. You about to call him? Tell him I said what's up. But um, <laughs> I said I don't feel bad for him like going through this slump that he's doing or was going through. But oh. then you look at the game where he had sixty two points. Oh, yeah. You know he had Draymond Green back on the court. Never heard of him. So he did so it wasn't like he did that with the the people that he was struggling with. Like he did that with Draymond Green on the court. So like. Yeah. Draymond Green opened it up a little bit for him. And he was making some crazy-ass shots, too, but... Yes and no, but, right? Because Draymond Green, he didn't really space the floor for him, right? So if you if you watch the early games and then you watch the 62-point game, there was a dramatic difference in the way Steph played. So, right, and, and let me... Let me yeah, let, go, go ahead. Not, necess- not necessarily... Uh, damn. Not necessarily saying that Draymond Green spaced the floor because he had to... Like he took attention away. I mean, like his whole mentality probably was like, "Oh, I could play a little bit more free because I got my boy here now." That's what I'm saying. I think he kind of realized that his other boys weren't there anymore, right? So if you watch Steph back in like Davidson, like mm-hmm. there was a point in time where he's like, "There's nobody on my team that can really do anything." Okay, I'm just gonna shoot the ball all the time. Mm-hmm. So when you go through a stretch like he's going at the beginning of the season, there's no KD, there's no Clay, there's nobody there. He's like, what the way I have been playing, like being a little more not I don't want to say passive, but playing more off the ball, right? Where somebody else is the primary ball handler, he's running off ten screens and then getting the shot. Like that's not there anymore because the way defenses are playing them, they're playing them with that old man zone matchup, like that uh, boxing one where somebody's watching him the whole time and they just put like a mini zone on the rest of the floor. So that's how, that's why it always looks like it's one on three or one on four. So I think Steph realized that he needed to be a little less Steph in the championship years and a little more James Harden. Just look at how many, how many plays he had the ball in his hand, ran the entire play and took the shot himself. And I think what shows that in the stats is the amount of free throws he took. Like, when's the last time you've seen Steph shoot? Well, what I think it was 19 free throws. Like, he was 18 for 19 from the line. Like, when you shoot that many free throws, that means you, you, you're attacking. You, you are you're, you're attacking. Kind of yeah, and you're going in there to get the points. Like, yeah, he's not going in there to see if you could create a shot. Exactly. Yeah. or seeing if somebody else was going to create a shot. Yeah, that's you. what I mean. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, give this like create for somebody else. No, I'm going yeah. to get this basket. Yeah, I'm not creating for <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah. I'm creating for myself. And the other thing yeah. I thought that really brought that to the forefront was the fact that he had more field goal, not really attempts. I mean, he did have more attempts, but he also had more field goal makes from two than he did from three which means he's not just looking for that three he's like I love my it too. that's what made me, that's what hyped <clears> me up <throat> the most my team needs buckets i'm gonna go to the basket i'm gonna go to free throw line i'm gonna get hit i'm gonna do everything i have to do to make sure we get this win so i don't really think it was so much the total or draymond green or anything i think what draymond green did for them in that game was really make sure the defensive rotations were more crisp because i think that's where it really showed out their defensive rotations were way better the most impressive part of that <clears throat> uh, that career high is that it looked like, oh, he could do this every night if he played like this. Yeah. Like, it didn't look like, oh, this is a fluke. I just hit a whole bunch of threes tonight. You know, I'm Steph Currying tonight. He just did. He, I'm getting to the basket. I'm putting the ball in the hoop. Don't ever say nothing bad about me again. <laughs> you got something to say? What's up? 
like that that way of thinking. But he was going crazy, yo. I was impressed. That was that was probably no question my most impressive performance by him. That was like he went to the basket. He was getting to the, he was getting to the cup, like between two people, everything. Yeah, and finishing. But he's like he's like like me out there. But also, he still needs other people to step up sure. because Steph can't take thirty-one shots a game. Close. What's up? He was looking like me out there. No, no, he was efficient. I, my, my bad. I didn't get to that part yet. He was. I uh, said official. Nah, efficient, efficient. <laughs> All right, so let, let me ask this question. Go ahead. Because <clears throat> I remember we was talking about um, like other players that's on the team. This dude mm-hmm. in Draymond's absence. That's that we call trash, right? Not trash. So we just said they're struggling. Yeah. All right. So so, an average points per game. Yeah. What would you consider struggling? For uh, so when I say when I say struggling, I don't really talk about the end number because I think there's a lot of players who can struggle, but still the numbers look good if you just look at them. I look more at percentages and the type of shots. So I think from a percentage standpoint, they were struggling because they still had decent numbers in some some of those games like Wiggins, Ubre. They had some decent number games, but a lot of them weren't very efficient. Like, there was a point before, I think, their fourth or fifth game where Ubre was, like, one for 29 from three. Like, mm-hmm. that's not efficient. So I don't care if you have 17 points that game if you were, you know, 40% from the field and 3% from three. You know what I mean? Okay. So that, yeah, I that, that's what I mean when I say, like, struggling. So I think that's where the issue was. Because it's not like they weren't getting open looks. They were getting a lot of open looks. Steph was creating shots for people. They just weren't knocking them down. So, and I think that's been part of the change as well. Like, you're seeing some more of that chemistry being built from a team that one had to deal with pretty much no training camp with new pieces. Like you brought in, you brought an Ubre from Phoenix on a trade, had no training camp, and just installed him as a starter. And then you unexpectedly lost Clay Thompson, and you weren't expecting him to not be there. So you lost a, piv- a pivotal piece of your team, got a new person inserted into the starting lineup, and you're trying to build chemistry as the game goes on. So I think there's some some issues with that part as well. So I think they are getting better there, and then having Draymond Green back to kind of direct traffic on the floor, make sure the defensive rotations are a little more sharp, that definitely, that definitely has had an impact and it started to show over the last two to three games. Okay. Answered my question. Well, I'm, I'm glad I could thoroughly answer your question. You got any more on Kirk? <laughs> it is me thoroughly. Or, or are you just uh? Or are we just gonna say, shoot a shoot? Nah, it was a great. It was a crazy game. Like, I would say out of that game because we we've seen Steph hit mad threes in the game before. Like, yeah. that's not the first time he hit eight threes in the game. What I would say about that game that is crazy is like y'all said, like how much he actually was attacking the basket and how many free throws he ended up. Yeah. Getting because how, how aggressive he was with attacking the basket, but um, do I think that he'll play that way a lot throughout the rest of the season? Probably not. But it was good to see him do that. Like that was, I would never think that I would have saw Steph Curry score sixty two and play that way. I would have thought if he would have scored sixty two, he would have hit probably like twenty something threes and shit like that. Like that's how <laughs> I thought he would have got the damn. 62 points, but not the way he did. And that's that shit was yeah, tough. Yeah, that was tough. 
Yeah, but like I said, but the other good thing was that it was efficient, right? Because he had 62 points while being 50% from three and 58% overall from, from the field. And then, like I say, 18 for 19. He was tired of that shit, man. Yeah, he had enough. He um, done. He don't want to hear that. Yeah, so I I, I ain't asked for this team. I did it the way that y'all keep complaining that these superstars not doing it. Yeah, and I think he was like, hearing all around. the slander too, because a lot of people were people were talking crazy like, "Oh, yeah. he's washed. He's not as good as everybody said he was." I, I just think he had a little bit of he had enough. I think the nice guy kind of thing uh, was over with. He was done with all that. So y'all think y'all think he can go on a run like? Like a crazy run like James Harden was doing, like fucking averaging 40 and and doing shit like that. Yeah, I don't see any reason why he can't. I mean, his follow-up game was good as well, right? Because his follow-up game, he was still efficient. He was still 50%-ish from, from the field. I think 40-something from three. Hit all his free free throws and still had 30-some-odd points and a win. You know what I mean? And they won that game by almost 20 or over 20, something like 30, actually. Yeah, 137 to 106. Yeah, so... I mean, granted, it was San Antonio. No, no, it was Sacramento. it was Sacramento. Sacramento. Don't sleep on Sacramento, bro. Bro, don't sleep on Sacramento. What's there to wake up to? There's a lot to wake up to. Man, okay. you remember that rookie I was telling you about that you needed to watch watch out for? Nope. Ty- Tyrese Halliburton. Halliburton. I was talking Hall- about that. Halliburton. Halliburton. Yeah, Halliburton. just go back and listen to episode one. You know what I'm talking about. Ha- Halibut. Who? Yeah, Halibut. <laughs> yeah, Tyrese Halliburton, who's a uh, Honestly, looking like a looking like a front runner for rookie of the year at the moment. Um, but don't sleep on Sacramento. That's all I'm saying. So yeah, so no, I, I like Sacramento. I, I like what they I like what they're doing over there. Just not even off the, the strength of just that team. That team is getting confident. That's the big part. They're getting more and more confident. Finally. It's not like yeah, yeah like their confidence is they clicking right now. Yeah, you know whose confidence isn't click, clicking right now? The Celtics. Why would you say that? What you mean? Why what would makes I say you say that? that? Why? Hey. Why do you think their confidence is not? Hey, hey, what do you? What yeah. do you mean? Look at your phone. I, yeah, <laughs> and that's what no, I'm saying. Like, like, what yeah, do you like, mean? Yeah, like I, 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 I know that the the, the <laughs> points that we're talking about, and that's why I'm asking you. Like, what makes you ask that question? So, <laughs> so yeah, I think on the court, I, to me anyway, like I said, this could just be my eye view of it. They look tentative. I think they have a lot of games that are coming down. Like, there's no reason why, I think, seven or eight games they're in right now, Tatum has had to hit two game winners. Like, your I'm about games, to tell you exactly why. Tell me why. Well, te- please, te- please. Because yeah, yeah, we, we got, because you, you, like you just explained, you look at different, you look at stuff differently than not doing a game. Yeah, 100%. You look at, like, the efficiency and everything like that throughout the players, and a lot of their players is not fucking efficient. That's why. Like if you look okay. at, I'm just gonna read off some stats right now, because mm-hmm. the question is, the question you asked us is, can Jalen Brown and, and Jason Tatum coexist, right? Yeah, can can they? All right, so you got Jalen Brown averaging 27 points a game. Yep. Right. You got Jason Tatum averaging 26 points a game. Mm-hmm. The next person is Marcus Smart. Yep. And then you got Peyton Pritchard averaging 8.6 points a game. That's why it's coming down to fucking game-winning shots because ain't nobody else on the team producing. You got two people producing all your points, okay. and you got Marcus Smart putting up 12, 13 points a game, and then everybody else going 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. It literally looks like that on the fucking chart. Yeah. 8, 
seven, six, uh, five, four, three, two. It's just a countdown to abomination. To the bench and shit. Like <laughs> that's how the points go down a bench. They ain't doing they ain't nobody else doing nothing on the team. You got motherfuckers coming in the game off the bench and not scoring. Like you're gonna it's gonna come down to one of your two superstars trying to hit a shot to win the game. And like, that's exactly what I'm saying. What makes you think that they could potentially not coexist? Because so what Mo is talking about is exactly how that question came to my head, right? So yeah. when I look when I look and I see two players that essentially play the same position, right? The Celtics play J- Jason Tatum at power forward a lot, but let's be real, he's a three or a tall two. It's pretty much positionless bat basketball these days, so they just put some dudes on the court. It doesn't really matter what position you're playing. It's all about who you're guarding at that point. But you have two dudes that play a very similar okay. style. They have pretty much the same percentages when you look at them. Their efficiency, they both can kind of attack the basket. They can shoot the three. You know, Brown has been getting a lot better, you know what I mean? Every year, it seems like he adds something else to his game and he's elevating. Tatum, I think, started from a higher point, but it's going up a little slower. So we're seeing them kind of grow in the same trajectory, but they're doing the same things on the floor. They're ball-dominant players. Like, they need the ball in their hand to do what they do. So if you are, if you have two players that are averaging 26, but they're not getting 26 when they're on the floor together, they're doing it when one is on there to hold the offense together, and then you sub the other one in, and then Tatum's holding the offense together. But when they're on the court together, they're kind of deferring to each other but there's the other three guys on the court can't actually produce it the way they produce. So it doesn't matter what lineup you you're in, you're waiting on one person to score the ball. So if you have two oh. players in the starting lineup that do the same thing, yeah. all they're going to do is trade off when they're on the floor together. And then when one of them isn't on the court, you're going to sub in a bench player who also isn't a scorer or producing, and then give it to one guy to just score as many points as he can until they trade off. So, so that's not their problem. They got to get people that can come off the bench and fucking score. Well, that's the thing, right? So if you got two players that are doing the same thing in the starting lineup but can't be overly effective together. What do they do? But when you have one on the bench, you have nobody on the bench that can do it, and they do the same things when they're on and off the floor, are you at a point where you think your two stars are going to be guys at the same position? Or do you move off of one of them to get a star at a different position that gives you a different play style that's more fluid, that can be more effective when they're on the floor together and give you a different play style when one of them is on the bench? Depends on what kind of numbers we're talking. Ain't, um, ain't they in the, like, still, who got the bag between them? Both? Mm, I'm not sure who's at the bag right now. That's what I'm saying. I don't think neither one of I don't know if they got the bag. Like, how do you how do you repeat that? Who you, who do you get? Because I, mean, I like that's not a problem. Brown. You can you can sign and trade. Like the bag isn't a problem. People people are gonna no no. What I mean is like what I mean is like who are you gonna get for him before you put all your money into that person and then you just become everybody else in the East or the West? Like with one star trying to figure out what to do with this second player. Or do you take the homegrown situation you got, take the little bit of money you have left and go get pieces? Like, how does Philly get past what you're saying? If you feel like they can't coexist, how do you exit that? How do you grow past that? They said it would it would probably be a trade, but, yeah, you know, it, it would be a trade, but that's only if they see that as, as a problem. 
I'm not saying that I see it as a problem. I'm saying that You're I asking, know it's it could, it. could it be something? Yeah, yeah, yeah I got, it's, I got it's, you. A, it's something that stood out to me. So as a casual fan, I'm sure that there's other people who are much more knowledgeable, you know, actually control the purse strings, can move players around, who have noticed some of the, the same things as well. And I think... No, I'm, people, I'm, asking, I'm asking you as a, as a, uh, as a uh, visionary when it comes to some of the stuff. What, what do you think Boston does to regulate the issue that we're talking about? <clears throat> Opinion only, obviously. I think they need somebody who can score in the post. I think they need... So do we trade one? Honestly, I'm not sure if I would trade one of them. Yeah. I, would probably, I would probably keep both of them because they're your sure thing. If anything, I'm probably looking to move either smart or Kemba, honestly. Um I think I don't I don't disagree with the Kemba move. I love Kemba. And I think yeah. he, I think he's probably the reason why I'm asking the question at all because he hasn't been on the floor. He's been injured. So I think that definitely changes the way the Celtics chemistry and their makeup is because he's not there right now. So it's easy to pick out flaws when you've got a, a cornerstone of your offense missing. I'm just saying if if Kemba's injury situation is prolonged because this is something that's been carrying over since last year. How do you adapt to still kind of be a contender right now? And that's the thing I was saying about um, like Kyrie staying in um, Boston. How Like, okay. They did better without the primary ball dominant point guard on the court. Smart is not that. Like, you know, Terry Rosier was not necessarily dominant. He yeah. needed the ball, but he wasn't dominant. So yeah, it clicked when you're, when you're organization is focused on building around a small forward guy, but you bring in a point guard who is worth an organization paying attention to. How you how do you do it? And I, I always felt like that was a little weird. Like Kim was in a position too. We're gonna get to the second round. I'm gonna go off for 28. We're gonna lose and we're gonna go right back to the same drawing board just like every other point guard. So like what do you do? That's tough. I think Boston is in a much more tough position than um the world likes to give credit. No, hundred percent agree. It's, it's messed up for them right there. If they don't, if they don't find some way to get that to either put a new system in place or play their positions better, it's gonna be a long season for them, all so the way up think, to the second round. So, do you think now? Remember when we talked about we were talking about like trades and stuff or the pickups in the off season, and when they announced that Tristan Thompson was going to Boston, mm-hmm. we both I liked it. Y'all both liked that move. Yeah. yeah. I definitely, I still like it. I don't. What What don't you like? Well, about the no, well I'm not going to say I don't. But, well, I, I didn't like the trade because I didn't really think he was going to make a, that big of a difference. Uh-huh. But and that's fair. I'm not, like, I'm not too sure who else was available at, like, power forward center position that could put a little bit more points on the board and still give them that defensive and rebounding capability. But I wasn't, I'm not, I wasn't really, I was never really sold on Tristan Thompson, even when he was in Cleveland. And LeBron, LeBron, like, LeBron pushed the issue yeah. for him to get all the, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I wasn't but, never sold on like that, but yeah. I but think he's, he, he a little bit too, under, he undersized for me, like for that, but even though like the game all around is kind of like getting smaller yeah. For his style of play, his, not yeah, for his style, yeah, his yeah, style of play, because he, he is it because what he's like about 6'10, right? Something like that, yeah, or whatever. Like, 
you would expect that type of player to be playing center to be like to be able to stretch the floor. He can't stretch the floor. Like he's a, a hard defender and he's going he's the type of player that need to get you rebounds. So even if you go you put him up against somebody like um Jokic or AD or Embiid they going to body his ass. Cuz yeah. one they got the size Six on him. Nine. They got the size on him. And they could stretch the floor on him too. Yeah, it's but Tristan nice, so. Thompson's not he's not slow, right? So I think the one thing that we've seen in Boston that we haven't expected from him is how how much of a perimeter defender he's been as well. I think he's had to do that because of the way teams are playing him, but he's shown a willingness and somewhat of an ability to do that. Like to rotate, you mean? Yeah, to just to be rotate, fast to get yeah, into yeah. Fast, fast enough to get out to that big that can stretch the floor because you know centers can shoot now. That's almost a prerequisite. Yeah. I mean, it seems to be important for everybody, but Philly. Um, but it's. It's Embiid a really can shoot, bro. What are you no, no. About? Embiid can shoot. Yeah, yeah. I'm just talking about other six nine, six ten players. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, he's not shot. What they want him to do. He's a. He's but shot. I think Thompson. Thompson can can do that. You know I'm doing it. No, you 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 good. You good. We just not gonna. <laughs> we're not gonna do it. We're not gonna do it. Uh, <laughs> but I think I think he's done more that more of that than he's expecting, right? So I I think Thompson has given them what they wanted from him because they weren't asking Thompson to come in and be 10, 12, 15 points. They wanted him to bring some sort of defensive toughness that they lacked last year and play defense, like which are simple things. So I'm, I'm in my mind, I'm saying they're getting what they wanted out of him so, so far. But not having Kemba Walker there is tough. And then having a kind of a uh, sink or swim point guard and Marcus Smart right right now who will deliver big shots but will also take shots in a time where he's not the one you want taking those weird shots. Yeah, yeah. so I think that partially hurts them as well. But Boston's front office seems unwilling to do anything. They seem to be content with not being a full-blown contender because I think they they need a move if they're going to really elevate to the next level or they're like the health fairy is going to have to come heal everybody. About the coach, I'm okay with the coach. I'm not okay with the front office. I like the coach. I just think they need a piece. I think they need a move. And I think. Well, you... I'm, so 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 make a player. Like you don't have to put a player there, but okay. What, what kind of player? What type? I think they need size. I think they need something. Something closer to Christian Wood what he's been for Houston. I'm not saying you're going to get something that lucky because that's just not going to happen, right? But I think you need 6'10", 6'11", with some speed, that that can move who's a primary defender and can finish at the rim. I'm not saying you need to be able to stretch the floor because I think think Boston has enough shooters to handle that. Uh, But defensive toughness can rotate and uh, help you on the inside a little bit and be a good rim finisher, a good rim runner. Like you saying, saying like a surge. Surge actually would have been great on Boston. Yeah, he would have been good on Boston. I feel. I would hope. I don't know, bro. I don't know. I don't know. I don't like. I don't like teams that. I don't like these 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 fourth seed teams. Like you know what I'm saying. Like that's yeah. a tricky place right now. If you're in that fourth seed, you either got to go for broke, or figure some way to change your shit. Because these 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 teams are literally. 
walking into the second round, getting swept by the team you know is going to sweep them and ain't going home. Yeah. And go, next year, it's the same thing over, over and over and over again. So I, I think that Philly has more potential to break through than Boston right now, even if it sounds like a wild take, just because Boston kind of has a system that I just don't see coming out the East. And if it do come out the East, so what? They ain't not beating whoever is on the other side. Yeah. Not like this. Not like this. Philly, number one in the East right now, bro. It's fine. They're uh they're number one the in Philly, the East. Are you a Philly is... fan? Of course. <laughs> of course. I'm it's a Philly fine. fan. I'm a Philly fan through and through, but I'm a realistic Philly fan. I'm not. I'm not the person that's just going to be out there posting ten oh, million okay. things on Twitter because, because Tobias Harris got Player of the Week, like an award nobody cares about. Like that's, went off too. Yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah, you had a decent heavyweight three steals. Yeah, you had a decent game. You had a few a few games or whatever. The real test for Philly. So they did one portion, right? They did. They beat the teams that they were supposed to be, which is great. You can only play who's in front of you. Good job. That's a key. That's a key factor when you look at a contender. Can you beat the teams that you're supposed to beat? And they've done that. But Philly has a stretch of games coming up um, that I think is going to be more of a tell to are they real or are they just taking advantage of the circumstances they had? Can they rise to the occasion? I think that's what we're going to see out of Philly. I think they went nice and high in the rankings, and that's great. But after they play the Wizards tomorrow, they've got a stretch of Nets, Nuggets, Hawks, and then the Heat back to back. Now, I think the Nets, obviously the Nets aren't going to have KD. Yeah, I was yeah. about to say. Yeah, they're not going to have KD, but even the four games right after that, I think that's a tough stretch for them, especially having Miami back to back. So I think we'll learn more about Philly. So good for them. Enjoy what you got, but you're not close to what you need to do. You want us to trust the process, you got to win. Um, so right, you they need winning. to just come out. Oh, he sound like. He hate he sounds like you talking to Philly. No, like, I'm like, I'm treat, I'm not I'm not going to treat them any different than how I treat anybody else. You're, you're not your, a fan. Your regular season success doesn't matter to me. When you're a team of that stature, who's done the things you've done openly, like blue seasons to get draft picks, moved guys here, there, you're doing all this process, and you haven't even come out of the East yet. I don't believe in you. And then when you when everybody likes to say like, hey, we were one shot away, we were one lucky bounce. Right after you were one lucky bounce away, you blew up the team and lost the person that was getting you over the hump. You lost Jimmy Butler to Miami. You let JJ Reddick go to New Orleans. Like you lost these things, and then you just wasted another entire season, and then came back and replaced them with two other players. Like you didn't really do anything that really accelerated you forward from that point. Which is why I'm saying I don't believe in them. They're a team that has to show me in the playoffs. I don't care what you do in the regular season. They're in the same basket as the Clippers for me right now. I don't care what you do in the regular season. Paul George, I don't care if you score 39 points. I don't care if you guys are number one in the West because you beat the other two teams that have the same record and are right there with you. I don't believe you until you show me in the playoffs. And I think the Clippers gave us a nice glimpse of who they are again, right? So we saw the 50-point loss, the 50-point down at um, at halftime. And then recently, we saw the uh, the Clippers-Phoenix game where they were up by 30 and mm-hmm. almost lost the game almost again. Almost lost that game. Yeah, they almost lost that game. I think they only wound up winning by like six or seven points. But five? W- five? Even worse. Mm-hmm. Even worse. 
So when you look at the game chart of that, right, they were super aggressive, came out strong, got up big, and then they lost both the third and fourth quarter. So they had a big lead and blew it, which went back to what we were talking about in either episode one or two, how they're a team that can't get it done when they're ahead and they can't come back when they're behind. So even though they're winning, they're still not at a point where I think they earned belief from anybody. I, I mean, am I seeing that di different? Do you guys believe in them any more than you did last year? Um, I don't. We gotta they, see. They're we pretty much see. the same team as last year, except for Montreal. Well, a lot of them are. Yeah. So it's like I don't know. Like you said, Paul George, he gonna have to like show me something when it come playoff time when it really matter. Like if they make it to the conference finals or even a situation like when they was up three one. Like you cannot let them come back and beat you after being 3-1 and you're supposed to be playoff P. Well, yeah, what about Kawhi Leonard, though? Like, what's our take on him? He, he's good where he's at? Like, where is he? Is he no, no, nah, he needs to do something, too, because he was on the floor, too, when they lost those three too, a little bit. Yeah, I think he don't hear enough. Honestly, I think he don't hear that enough. <laughs> he and... I ain't even the Spurs fan of me talking, but... We had... uh, What you mean, <laughs> we don't hear what enough? So I like, just... Yo, saying. come on, bro. Like, you got something to do with this shit, too, bro. Yeah, oh, he's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, don't want to see that <laughs> best remember? player on the team give you 38 or, you know, give the team 36. And, and, and you're not like they just blame playoff P the whole fucking time. Like, you there too. Right. This, and, and this is what I was talking about before when we used to talk about Kawhi Leonard and him going to Toronto and then them actually winning the championship or whatever. And then everybody want to crown this nigga. My bad, Los. Crown this dude. Um, <laughs> best player in the league because he won a championship with Toronto, making it seem like Toronto was the bottom of the East team and wasn't like making, making it nowhere in the playoffs. Like, bro, Toronto's uh, roadblock in the playoffs was LeBron being in the East. 100%. That was their roadblock in the playoffs. So everybody making it seem like Kawhi Leonard was this super crazy player, which don't get me wrong, like Kawhi Leonard, nice. He, he, he nice on defense. He could, he could, put up the points like he's one of the best players in the league yes but for people to come out and be like oh Kawhi Leonard's the best player this best player that just because he won in Toronto and then you got to factor in too uh Golden State was without two other key players like you you don't have KD and you don't have Clay on the court nobody in their right mind will tell you they thought that the Raptors would have beat the Warriors with if the Warriors had their full squad. If 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 KD ain't never go down and Clay ain't never go down, nobody in right mind gonna say that the Raptors would have won that series. So for everybody to crown Kawhi like the, the new king or whatever, the new king of the league, yeah. that shit was way premature, yo. Like you, you, and then you go back to San Antonio. All right, he was good in San Antonio, but you, he also was playing with three Hall of Famers in San Antonio. So it's like yeah. now that that he's in. And on the Clippers, and he's like the focal point, and they're like everybody's making him out to be the leader of that team. This is showing you, like, bro. First of all, let's bring this up. You said they had a fifty point, um, a fifty point lead, right? And then they ended up losing or winning no, no, by well, five points. Uh, thirty point lead. Thirty, thirty point lead. Oh, th oh thirty point. Oh, thirty yeah. point lead, and they end up winning by five. Yep. Yo, Kawhi Leonard shot four for twenty one. Yeah, what's that in that game? Twenty percent. 
19, 18 This shit's percent? terrible. That's yeah, what it is. Yeah, I think it's 19. Let, Le- let LeBron or let Paul George would have shot four for 21. They, people would have been dogging him. But why nobody yeah, saying nothing bro. about Kawhi Leonard? Yeah, I don't I know why he gets his pass. He, he does. gets the pass he like does. the quiet guy in the league and shit. Like he's under yeah. the radar. That's why. Like, but bro, people better start getting on his ass too, just like they're getting on everybody else. If you if they if people want to crown him and say he's the best player or top five, this and that and the other, when he played games like this, shooting four for 21, 0 for three from three point, bro, people better be on his ass, yo. No, I'm with you. I'm with you a hundred percent. When they say negative things about him, use your platform. No, I'm using the just did. We I mean the platform's here. I mean we Mo did. No, I I think I brought this up uh either in episode two or one where I gave the whole rundown on Kawhi and how he's not what we think he is and that he hasn't proven to be what everybody says he is. So I don't want to beat those same points into the ground, but if you blow a 30-point lead, it is a team thing, but as the de facto leader being the championship, being the champion, being the veteran, having the contract you had, you can't have a plus-minus of negative 11, shoot 19% from the field, and lose the third and fourth quarter. Tyloo, no, no, I don't. This is not a Tyloo problem. This is a player problem. I'm not going to put any of this on the coaches that were there. I'm not going to put this on Doc. I'm not going to put this on you know Tyloo. The players have to play. You can All right, play, right you now. Can draw all I, the I need it. Who, whose fault is it the most? One one person. Whose fault is it the most? Kawhi George. Thirty point lead. One person. Kawhi George. <laughs> <laughs> as as far as far as I'm concerned, they're the same person. They're both not showing up when they should. They're both taking advantage of freedoms and liberties that are granted a su- superstar that they didn't earn on that team. They're like they're failing well, the same way. I'm gonna say that game is Kawhi's fault. Oh, that yeah, that Phoenix that game, particular game that's Kawhi's fault because Paul George did put up some 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 decent number decent good numbers actually seven for ten from three shot so over fifty. No, no, he's on the game. Yeah. Okay, okay. I'm talking about the game. Yeah, and okay, that I was, I was on the phone. I tried, yeah. I tried to catch where he was at. That's yeah, right. In, in that yeah, specific yeah, yeah. game, yeah, Kawhi. And he put up 39 in that game. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't want to say we're giving blame for the season because the season it just started. It's not over yet. But just like we were talking about Philly, the Clippers are a team that I don't care what you do in the regular season. You have enough raw talent that we know you're going to go to the playoffs and you're going to be probably in the second round, but can you beat the teams that you're supposed to beat? Can you be resilient and close out teams when you're supposed to? And can you come back when you happen to get get down because you came out a little cold? And I think that's going to be now, the true test. They, they, these teams are making me question how long does chemistry take to make, man? Like, I, I don't know how you can be with some with somebody for months and years and then still run into this it's chemistry, like, how does nobody step into the place to be like, all right, cool, this is what we're gonna do next? I I put a lot more blame on Kawhi Leonard than um than most. And it's not again, I'm not the salt. I am the salty Spurs fan, but I'm more bothered that it didn't look like his fault at all to the media. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. yo, this guy been he's been like that a little bit, you know, like that. You don't just bounce on your team. I'm hurt, don't know what it is, going to your own doctors, got your people talking for you. Like, you can't just hide all when it comes to accountability. You can't just you can't just duck that shit your whole life. Your whole life, bro. He ain't never. Yeah. 
No, no, Kawhi needs to step up and lead. If Kawhi doesn't step step up and become a leader, they're not going to win anything. That's just that. There's nowhere else for that ship to go. We know Paul George George isn't a leader. At best, he's a he's a very good second star, but we know mm-hmm. he can't lead the team to go anywhere. We got enough evidence of that. So um, he did a foul, yo. And I think the other All thing right. is, yeah, yeah, he did a foul, bro. As a Spurs fan, yo, that was that was whack, bro. Communicate. I call you, bro. I text you, bro. You don't text back. You don't call pop back. <laughs> that shit is whack. But he also needs to show some emotion, right? I don't think that I don't show think emotion. that stoic stone man thing is gonna keep doing what it needs to do. I'll like, shout out the quad with it. Like, in y'all opinion, do you guys think Kawhi cares? When they win or lose? Nah, I don't think so. Nah, are, are you, think are you saying that because stoic. it doesn't look like it, or just because you don't think he, he cares? He don't accept no accountability. He don't care because it ain't his fault, quote unquote, in this world. <laughs> like, nah, you know I, that shit is whack, yo. I ain't gonna lie to you, bro. Like, you don't got nothing to say about no loss. You don't got nothing to say about no win. You don't got nothing to say about why you left. You don't got nothing to say about what hurts. Like, you got load management looking like a whole different thing now. Like, bro, you gotta... That shit is whack. Nobody wants somebody that don't communicate, bro. Communicate. That's a fact. Like, damn, communicate. I don't like when people don't communicate in no for volleyball, tennis, or the NBA. Like, it doesn't matter. (laughs) Like, you gotta be able to talk, bro. Like, that whole being quiet and everybody gotta guess what's going on with you leads to fucked up... Sorry. It's fine. Leads to bleeped out chemistry... Nobody wants to deal with not knowing what's going on with your best person on the entire team. Even if he don't want to be talkative, you're the best, bro. Get figure it out. Yeah, he needs to get Do out something. of that. He needs to get out of that mercenary mindset. I think Wait. there's I think there's enough people out there, you know, I've seen it from some media members, but even more recently I've seen it from some fans, you know, some who watch the show, some who just watch the NBA in general saying that he has an attitude that when he goes out there, he's like, hey, you know, I'm just going to do me. They, they can do them. And then whatever the outcome is, it is what it is. So I think if it's apparent to people that are watching it on TV, it's apparent to some people who have the luxury of a, pre- a press pass and can interview you if they can see it, then I'm sure the coaching staff and other people in the front office are going to see it as well. So we'll see what happens there. But um yeah, they need to step step up. Kawhi needs to shoulder his share of the blame, and they either need to do it or they don't. Uh, but either way, show me in the playoffs. I don't care about your regular season stats. I would say, well, since you said that, um, you don't care about regular season stats. I, I was about to bring up the fact of, like, so far in the season, I feel like Paul George is kind of, like, stepping up as – more of a leader than Kawhi is based on how he's playing. He's like he's not putting up bad numbers so far, but still, like, I don't know. Maybe I, to, uh... I don't want to conflate stepping up as a leader to stepping up production. Cause I well, don't shit, think if you're gonna if you're gonna step up as a leader, you're gonna have to you gotta perform too, right? Produce. Yeah, you, you do have you do have to produce. You do have to produce, but I think a lot of that leadership stuff that builds the chem the chemistry is more than what's going on on the court. I think we see a lot of times leaders on a team aren't actually the one. They're not the stars all the time, but you do mm-hmm. need them to be that. So I, I think it's great. You, I think it's great that he's step, stepping up his production, but we need to see him be more of a cohesive 
or you know be somebody that brings cohesion to the team yo los yeah who who no who got through his way I, I was wondering that when we was talking about it before like before like who who has been able to sneak in be the star put the points up do his thing and just be quiet nobody it's I'm, not I'm trying I'm real I'm it's just like, not a thing in the league when you got five players no helmets like it's, it just, it's not a thing like you have to be a leader even if you're not outwardly vocal like I think the closest example we can see of that is probably Tim Duncan because I don't think there's okay. anybody that ever questioned his leadership but he also produced the entire time he's always been quiet but he had he's never been the person to say like hey I'm just not gonna talk he'll answer the questions but he I think he took a lot of that uh pop mentality to it like i'm just going to answer it as quick and, and i think pop took possible. that off their plates a lot too yeah I, yeah exactly being like shut up to the media when they say something like whose fault is it and stuff like that so Big yeah facts. yeah so i think i think maybe duncan is the closest example of that but we've never yeah, had somebody you. doing it the way Kawhi. but is he probably would have been able to yeah. get that done over there too that's that's what i always say like they would have protected that i, I don't want to be the face of the team lonnie walker could go talk about you know what yeah, what whatever. we're doing you know it's not me i'm cool like you know me i'm just gonna give you 28 and be quiet like that that's not gonna work with with playoff p bro and i don't even know where they eat yeah i don't know well, you don't know it? what don't, don't do <laughs> i don't even know where, where they got that where, fucking where, where name where from where the, where the, nah, i don't even know where that <laughs> i call them playoff p <laughs> yeah. yeah i don't even know where their camaraderie came from they don't even have a style of personality that seems to coexist well they and i'm not have... gonna tell somebody they can't be friends but like to the they're not he don't friends. come off team leader what wise. made, he what don't made Kawhi want him to come to the to, to be the, the team right? leader yeah, they yeah, can't yeah, just yeah. be homies and talking to all-star they're, game like what no, made them want to do this they're not homies they're not any of that Kawhi yeah. leonard looked at paul george and said i see a sucker I see somebody who's enough of a star, but if he comes and plays take with me, he can take the blame and he won't be able to eclipse me when we win. If he's right there, okay. he can take all the losses and when we win, I'm gonna take all the W's. He's gonna be, be a free he's gonna be a free twenty five point whipping boy. You say I'm gonna make he, him do whatever I need he, him to do. He he played an injury to get himself traded out of San Antonio. You don't think he would be that strategic to get somebody to join yeah. him so he don't have to take the blame? Yeah. Like, look I... what happened all through the playoffs. Like, he – everybody was getting on Paul George with them losing that 3-1 lead. But, bro, Kawhi was on the team too. They're playing like, bad. And, that, and that's exactly what I mean. I think he's there to be Kawhi Leonard's scapegoat. Just be there. When it goes bad, you're going to take all the blame. When it goes good, I'm going to take all the credit. Good luck, You bro. think he went to that team with that way of thinking? Yeah, because if he wanted to win, he would have just gone to the Lakers. Nah, I mean, I probably just didn't want to win underneath LeBron. I mean, exactly, he exactly. went to the Lakers. No, 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 that was it. You... He wanted to win, but he didn't want to win under anybody. He wanted to win being the man. He won under people in San Antonio. He okay. got a taste of... Okay being the reason they won in Toronto. He wanted more of that. And if you bring Shit, you would, Paul you would George, think that I don't know. You got they that. gave him all the That's damn right. credit for winning in yeah. Toronto. I'm just saying, yeah, you asked the they question. They really did. I'm just answering I'm just answering from my perspective. I think Paul George was an easy target. Let's let's uh Shit, you would think that Kyle Lowry wasn't even on the team or he played like trash that series and yeah. Kyle Lowry actually played a good damn series in that finals. Yeah, he really he did. Really did. So did Van Fleet. 
Yep, a hundred percent. But yeah, they act like but he wasn't Kawhi even got there. All so. the priests. Yep. So yeah, that's just that's what I think. So you don't know if that what, what's the big what's the first what's the next before so we could kind of move. What's the what is the change they need to get there? Leadership. Uh, so you're saying for his personality to change, no, for Paul George per- to change, or to bring in a leader? That's no, what I'm no, saying. What's not bringing a new what's leader. The next move. They are all in on what they have. Kawhi either yeah. needs to step up and be the person that the team needs him to be, or they're just going to keep being a second, third round team that gets washed. Can out. it happen? Yes, it can. But one, he needs to take accountability first. If you don't recognize that that that's a problem and that you actually need to do that, it's never going to happen. But it's all in Kawhi's court. Paul George you, can't can't do it without him. The Clippers can't do it without Paul George and Kawhi playing well. So, you agree or disagree, Mo? I agree because I don't think Paul George would ever be that person on a team. All right, so it, it's going to come from Kawhi Leonard to have the change. So, all right, we in we in a place where it seems like the league is kind of like all. All in on this. We need this one person to be different for everything to change. We know the whole James Harden situation. We know the whole Russell Westbrook situation. Um, we had a conversation about that episode one with mm-hmm. Westbrook and me feeling the stagnant triple double, not doing it. Yeah. And oh, he's he's what averaging the triple double this year so far, correct? Yeah. As the Wizards look, how, how do you feel like they look? I mean, how, like how do you feel about? They're getting better. I think they started off a little. Rusty, but two they're getting two and five, two and five on a triple double year, like with always. Both of their wins being against the Nets. Full nah, team I, I, Nets. I put, that, I put them on the Nets, then then the Wizards nah, they, losing um, everybody else. Both nah, they they got a was it one beat the Nets once and was it one? Um, I, I thought Timberwolves. Timberwolves. No, okay, they, you're right. You're right. Yeah, the Tim, and they blew the Timberwolves okay. out. Yeah, but then they beat the Nets. A full Nets. But squad. they lost. They lost back to back to the Bulls. Loses yep. bottom of the league. Pick. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about I feel about um the the, the trade so far. Um, I yeah, I got mixed feelings on Russell Westbrook. Bro, I'm telling you, I, I really I don't. I got mixed feelings on him, yo. Like he he is Paul George with a triple double to me sometimes, yo. No, like it, it like, no, like, no, I, I, I agree not, with right, that. I, I agree with I, that. I, I, I don't want to call him Paul George. That's wrong. I disagree with myself on that one. No, no, but no. Yo, I, you, I, you, I kind of get you what can't, you're yo, come to. on. So you can't just be running around here giving me 10 rebounds, 10 assists, 21 points, and a loss, bro. And I and I saw the game that they won. He what did he do? He took a step back in rebounds, I think it was five yeah. rebounds, and then boom, all of a sudden now now the team looks like it's clicking. And um, I don't know if Bradley Bill's going to have to adjust around that. It takes the ball to be in your hands a lot to get a triple-double every day. Like, it, it really does. Yeah, and, but um, the ball's going to be in his hand because he's the point guard, right? But I, I want to get away from this narrative that everybody keeps saying, like, the way he plays isn't going to win, right? Like, How's I, it I, I think that's a false narrative because, like, that's like looking at your quarterback or let, let's say your running back, right? Let's, let's say your running back runs for four t- touchdowns, receives two, and then kicks his own extra point, and then you're going to be like, we're never going to win with that. Like, if you're producing, you're producing. And Russell Westbrook is producing. His assists are creating shots for other players. And they're not hitting 100% of them, which means if he's averaging 11, 12, 12 assists, he's creating 20 to 25 opportunities. You know, he's scoring points probably not as efficiently as he needs to, but they need him to shoot more shots because 
there isn't a lot of scoring talent on that team. And the rebounding, a lot of his re rebounds, one, lead to fast break points or create secondary opportunities for Beal and other players around that team to get shots. So I'm what not gonna think? I'm not gonna look at his productivity and say you're too productive in this area. You need to take a step back to do something else. You know, I don't want my point guard getting ten rebounds. I don't want him getting ten rebounds, bro. Grab Hold the up. ball in the outlet, take the ball up. I don't know how I feel about that. I mean, he did a lot for Houston when he was there, but I feel like he was just not the right key. And I want to really get into the other side of that trade. So, Los, don't let me forget that because I, I want to talk about my boy John Wall and what he and what and what the potential is over there. I do want to get into that, but I, I'm gonna let you finish before we before we jump sides on this trade. No, no, it's 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 fine. I like I said, I just don't I don't want to levy hate on Westbrook for no reason. I I okay. like what I he's don't doing. Think the, and but I, I don't think, think it's hate though. I, just think I don't think the hate that. is and no, you from know, you, I don't football, think it's hate. Your, your yeah. football, your football analogy, I don't think you can use that as an example because in football, the same people that scoring the to touchdowns yeah, yeah, are yeah, not yeah. on the field playing defense. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Um, wait, well, wait, catch, wait, catching Westbrook, an interception instead of kicking the extra point. If you do that too, then anyway, you got it. Well, if yeah, you play both sides of the ball, but um, but if you throw the Westbrook, ball to yourself. That's how I feel. Like that's what he do. He throw the ball in the air, <laughs> run and catch it. Like, come on, son. You gotta you gotta spread that out, bro. But go ahead, do your thing, Mo. Do your but thing, I don't Mo. think I don't Mo think the, the 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 way he like the whole triple double thing is the issue. I think when it comes down to like when shit really need to happen, for instance, look at when when um Houston was playing, they they played the Lakers, right? In the playoffs last year. Mm -hmm. Look at what he was doing. Like, look how many turnovers or four shots things like that i think that's what the issue is with westbrook is when he feels that he needs to take over a game or he needs to score the points and be the person to to to, to help the team out or whatever he tries too hard so like he'll try to go up and throw a a pass that's unnecessary or like he'll try and drive it and go up on two or three people when he don't need to. I think that's the main issue with Westbrook. Like, yeah, I like that he plays aggressive and he don't, he fucking like his motor is crazy, but he need to learn when and where to use that. And that's what I think the problem is with Westbrook. Like he just go too hard all the time instead of like knowing when to calm, calm down a little bit slow the offense down and make the right play. He I think he I feel like he just be forcing stuff a lot too much. And that's what hurts Westbrook when it comes playoff time. Cause if you look at any playoff series, the issue with Westbrook is turnovers, forcing things, taking bad shots and things like that. Showing up in certain yeah, games. No, 100%. Two for 23 out the blue. I'll, like. I'll agree. I'll agree with that point. I, if there's anything that I'd say if there's anything that I'd say is an issue is a hundred percent with your point, Nemo. It's learning, learning what the right shot is at the right time, and making those proper decisions. And the quality of shot that you create, and the quality of shot that you take when it matters the most in those crunch time minutes in the playoffs. But somebody's got to tell them, right? <laughs> yep. And maybe being back with Scotty Brooks, where he had the most success in Oklahoma City, will do the trick. Or he over there with um. With him and and he the coach in Washington. Sure is. Yeah. That's, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, you gotta stop, bro. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Thank you, bro. Thank you. Yeah, yeah whatever. Like, hey, like, hey, like, comment, subscribe, bro. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's take a quick look at John Wall. <laughs> uh, 
So that's what I wanted to know. Trade, yeah, some... how how does that how does that work itself out? I I feel like John Wall has to learn how to be an NBA player again, and he's learning, and then he'll learn how to be the teammate to if Harden's that person or not. He's in a rough situation to have to try to adjust to coming back to the league and for somebody different and with a different dynamic. I don't he went think from he cares. being one A one B to like you B, bro, and and you don't might you might not even deserve to be B, but you're B because you play with Harden and he's uh, he's he's up here. It's not you can do about that. Yeah, but I don't think honestly I don't think he cares. Watching the Houston games, uh, he looks excited just to be on the court every single time I, he's that, out there. I think I agree yeah, with that. I and agree with playing, that. He just, and he's, he's playing he's, well. He's just back. He's back. He yeah. likes being back. Yeah, he, likes, he, being he back. likes being back, and he's playing well. Like you hear in his post in uh, in his post games, he's saying he feels a little rusty, still trying to knock the rust off. But to other players on the court, he don't seem rusty. And he damn sure don't seem rusty to the defense. You know what I mean? He's, you know, even through trying to get back to where he was or what he has been, he's averaging close to twenty, uh, like probably twenty three ish points around there. You know, yeah. six four. So he's playing well he's contributing to wins he he was able to push them to that win scoring 30 plus when Harden was out with the rolled ankle so I mean he's back the whole question in Houston is whether or not it's whether or not they're going to be able to retain Harden and not just retain him for this season get him to sign the extension but right now it looks like Houston's winning the trade just because Houston got something that they needed not that Wall is a better player than Westbrook. I just think Wall is a better fit in Houston than Westbrook was. And then Westbrook is a different piece in Washington. So we'll have to see how it plays out. But right now it looks like Houston is ahead in the trade just from a mere the pieces fit together better. Does John Wall end up like Chris Paul if um they trade Harden? Stuck in this like potential you could be the nicest, but you can't get to the ring no matter what you talk. Like, is he there? It's possible. Yeah, it's it's very possible. Is he there? Like, I, I don't know. Like, Chris Paul may very well retire back. without one and be one of the best ever. Like, that, yeah. that may be John Wall's fate to not get one. Yeah, I, I hope not. Like, for players like John Wall, players that I like, I enjoy watching, I always wish the ring on him. Like, make sure you get it. I hope you get it. But um, it's very possible, especially depending on when Houston decides to make that trade. If they can't convince them to stay, and the longer they drag that out, the more the uh, the more Houston is going to lose the leverage with the other teams for getting a good trade package. So we'll see. But I love the way John uh, Wall's playing. I like what he looks like. Yeah, shout out to John Wall. Yeah, he came I like with John that same Wall. speed. All right, let's do a quick rookie check. Rookie check. Hey, Mo, you got those stat, those uh, stats up? What are our stat leaders looking like? And you know it. The number one ranked player is yo man, Los Tyrese Halibuts. Tyrese Halliburton. 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 Um, he he's not he's not um (laughs) scoring the most out of the rookies or whatever, but like to Los's stat. He's like he's looking like he's one of the most efficient. So he's um he played like 20, 26 minutes a game. Uh he averages 10 points, four and a half assists, uh one steal, about two threes made a game. Uh LaMelo Ball is ranked number two. Um 
11.6 points a game. He had a crazy game where he scored like what, like 20 something? Yeah, 20, days ago. 22 and led, led, uh, led the team in scoring that game. Yeah. Um, who was the number one pick again? Anthony Edwards. Anthony Edwards, yeah. Yeah, they got him ranked number eight. Yeah. Uh, they got him at, but it's crazy. He averaging 13.7. Uh, do, 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 do. 13.7, two assists, 25 minutes played. How's the wise? Yeah, man? mostly Wiseman. They got him at they he ranked uh number six right now. Okay, uh, 21 or 22 minutes played, uh, 11 point, 11 and a half points, six rebounds a game. He's um, gonna be valuable. He's already valuable. He's gonna be valuable to this league. I feel like Wiseman's gonna be valuable. Yeah, almost two blocks a game. Yeah, yeah, he's everywhere. Yo. Yeah, he's yeah, everywhere. Yeah, especially everywhere. especially when you consider the fact that he's 19 years old, only played three college games. Yep. And is coming straight in doing what he needs to do. Like. Yep. And and they knew he would be a problem. Like that's yeah, not that's crazy. not crazy. He only he only played three college games. Three college yeah. games yep. total. He's ba- he's basically a high school player. Like. He's basically just yeah. a, a high school straight to the league player, and having Draymond yeah, back, having Draymond back on the court is going to help him more than anybody. You know, show him how to make those right rotations on defense, yeah, how to be in the right spot. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's really going to help him a lot. So I'm really curious to see how he does, how he evolves through the season, and then mm-hmm. elevates going forward, especially once Clay finally gets back, hopefully sometime soon. Heal up. Do you go ahead? Do you think? Do you think? Um, at any time in this during this season, we'll see Lamelo in the uh, starting starting lineup. Possibly. Um, I was talking about this earlier with somebody, and I don't know if he has to. I think if he wants to win Rookie of the Year, he probably has to, but that's probably not really important. But I like what the Hornets are doing with him, right? Yeah, yeah. It, keep, his, keep his little ass in the, as a part of the system. Yeah. Like, we ain't changing it over to you yet. Yeah, being like, – Yeah, being, like, learn. With the offseason being what it was and not having a training camp or doing any of that stuff, I think the fact that they're bringing him along slowly – playing him in small stretches, sending him in the game with a very specific objective, and then taking Mm -hmm. him out, not pushing him, and not forcing him to be on the court, and putting the ball in his hands in position, in times when the the Hornets are in a position to win, and not putting that pressure on him, I think is going to do a lot more for his long-term development. So there's a chance he will um, be in the starting lineup at some point, but I don't think it's going to be as a drive to win. I don't think he'll be a permanent replacement. I think it'll just be more to get his feet wet for next season. Yeah, he actually yeah. putting up pretty decent numbers off the bench, too. 12 points, 5 yep. rebounds, 5 assists, 2 steals. Yeah, and on low minutes, too, right? So yeah. it's yeah. good, it's good yep. production in small minutes. He's making less mistakes. He looks more comfortable on the court. So it's like we were talking about before. It's just more things that come with time. So He's looking better, and I'm liking it. And so, Rosier ain't coming to play, you know. As much as he likes the same, like he ain't, he right. not, he's not he ain't about yeah. to just give his spot up. Like yeah, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I didn't come there to, to, to give it to the next rookie. I'm not old enough. Yeah, he jacking. Him <laughs> yeah, he is. I'm not old enough. He going crazy. Ah, uh, y'all gonna develop him? I'm gonna get my price up. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, man. I like Terry Rosier. Yeah. All right. Before we get out of here, let's take a quick check on our race to the bottom. So hey, we definitely yeah. had a, uh, we yeah, definitely yeah, had a big change from last week. A big change from last week. Uh 
let's start with the teams that are doing phenomenal, like uh, Mel's New York Knicks. <laughs> what? <laughs> right? Yo, I ain't gonna lie to you. They actually playing pretty good. Yeah, four right and now. three with Julius Randle looking like a man possessed out there, bro. He is Yo, falling. I. One one, I'm a little pissed off that four and three looks. We're we're just excited for four and three. It's it, it's it a Knicks four and three. What's yeah. going on? How bad right they now. were. Yeah, but but I like I like Julius Randle, and I never wanted to take that away from that. You know what I'm saying? But I, I <laughs> it, it, it's still early, but I don't believe in it, bro. All right, no, that's sir. fair. And right there no, at four sir. and three with uh with the Knicks while they're tied it's a precipitous fall from where they were last yeah, look week at, look at, yeah, look at four at, and three <laughs> at four and three as well they slipped because what the i said last one. week you did no. they, was, they were three and oh <laughs> last week and i said <laughs> let's see what happened yo three to four yeah, weeks is a long yeah. time they it lost is. three of their last four games this yeah. last week they yeah. on their way down but let's talk about your boys that you call they moving their way up they moving their way up, but they still sitting in spot 11, three and four back there. I, the uh, they just one game behind the team that we were just praising. Uh, Two games, really, but a win and a loss. No, nah, it's a half and a half, ain't it? It's four and three. So you've got one more win and one less loss. No, that's two. That's two. Okay. Well, I think, I think, uh, nah, it's, it's, it's right a half here. They game. got it. If they won and they, if it was the same record, they had one more one game. It's a half a it's game. It's only one. Yeah. It's yeah. only one. They only it's, one it's game two, behind game. Cleveland and New York. Listen, it could okay. be one game, but it's like seven spots in the rankings. So, I mean, it, <laughs> bro, they about yeah, to, we got a lot of Chicago, New York, New York not dropping lower than Cleveland, but Chicago gonna, gonna say what's up to, uh, Cleveland as they move up. I'm telling you, yo, Cleveland Chicago's is not going to be high, be higher than uh, Chicago, bro. I'm Chicago's not moving up, and you guys are going to have Kevin Love coming back eventually. Zach Levine can bro, Kevin score Love's 60 gonna come every back. game. It's not going to matter. Oh, and, what? And, what? and what? And what? And what? And what? What? Kevin Love going to come? He's going to come back. No, go, right, and what? He's going to come back, and then he's going to leave again, bro. Okay. My fault. This lane. time it was an ankle sprain. I ain't wishing injury on nobody, but Kevin Love has been a little injury prone the last couple oh, years. Say something positive. Yeah. But Kevin Love, he gonna come <laughs> back. He gonna be there for a little bit. But then that's right when he come back, somebody else might leave and yeah. be out for a little while. But Cleveland is not finishing higher than Chicago, bro. I'm telling you. We shall see. But right, right now we'll we'll, uh, we'll continue to enjoy our lead from the back, um, and uh, Mel enjoy leading from the front. Julian, Bro, Ju- Julius Randle seems like he's trying to. Uh, it seems like he's yeah, trying to make a case for MVP. So I mean, uh, <laughs> yeah. enjoy, enjoy that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let me let me let me uh, switch topics real quick, yo. Okay. What's up, yo, Los? You go real hard. On your 76ers and all of them, right? Mm-hmm. Whatever. Yo, my man, you too, Mel, since you want to be a Philly fan. I'm not a Philly 76ers fan. Whatever y'all coach, I can't remember his name right now. Y'all coach. Doc Rivers? No, I'm talking about the Eagles. Oh, oh Doug boy. Peterson? <laughs> y'all need to get him up out of here with that bullshit that he pulled on Sunday. And I ain't a Giants fan. And to all the Giants fans out there, that's that's saying like, oh man, it's backed up because how y'all gonna play like this and y'all cost us a chance at the playoffs? Nah, bro, y'all should have won more games and y'all wouldn't have been in that situation for Philly to hold y'all fate to the playoffs. You know what I'm saying? But for him to say that he was trying to win 
and y'all had a chance to tie the game up. Y'all don't go for the field goal. Y'all run a stupid play and turn the ball over yeah, on like a four-yard line. Of hear this shit. <laughs> then for you to take Jalen Hurts out and put in your third-string quarterback that been on the team for f- however many years uh-huh. and never play a down of football for the Eagles, for y'all to put him in the game and be like, y'all was trying to win, bro? Not happening, yo. That's trash. He's gonna lose. He's gonna lose everybody on that team, yo. Yeah, it's a hundred percent lie that they were definitely not trying to win the game. But you know, for every upset Giants fan, there's a happy Washington fan, and uh, fuck them both. Um, but yeah, <laughs> we'll see what happens with uh, Peterson. He'll probably be there. Wentz, Wentz won't. He's. It's like we talked about last, last week. Yeah, I told I'm you cool he's he's gone. That. He's yeah. gone. That's over. Okay. Called that. So he's gone. Uh, you, you guys heard it here first. He's out. Uh, he's like the he seven people to say next year. He about to be there next year. Nah, he gone. He I'm telling you, he gone. He gone. Wentz is gone. Peterson, I don't know about that. But you know, Lo, you know, Los really feel like he uh he have a say so in these. Yeah, like moves. he part of the organization. He really feel like he's in the, the Philadelphia. Um, he, he's with the electoral votes. <laughs> like, he really think he really think he got to say so in all this stuff, yo. I do. I do. When I say <laughs> okay, it, it happens. Right, for sure. My fault for you, man. I do. Anyway, uh, yeah, one last thing before we get out of here. We do want to say get well to John Morant. He had a crazy-looking yeah. ankle sprain. I, honestly, I thought that thing was broken. The way he jumped off the court, it had the wheelchair, but luck, luckily uh, no fracture, no structural damage. He's just going to be out for a little bit while he heals up. So get well, he get young. back on the court. He young. Poor Memphis. Um that was really the only thing exciting going on there. Um, um what was you got any big any big change? Any um hot take or anything you want to shoot out there before we before we wrap it up? Uh no. Any th- any like something surprising? Because Magic is doing way better than I thought. The Pacers look very on top of the game. The Bucks is trash. Like, are we are we do we all know what's going on or are we done with Giannis? Like anybody no, got something crazy they want to say? Nothing crazy like that. I'm I just wanted a segment. I'm still on the same thing I've been on with Giannis, show. He gonna have to. He gonna have to learn how to shoot the damn ball, bro. He be out there playing NBA blitz, yo. <laughs> NBA blitz? That's funny. As yeah, that. NBA blitz. <laughs> just run through them. <laughs> and just be trying to run through, run around people, dunk over people. Like, bro, you gotta learn how to add more parts of your game in there, man. Like, he, he can't shoot still. He be out there. And the crazy thing is, yo, he be on a three-point line, standing there with his hand, like, like he a knockdown shooter. Like, bro, get yeah. your ass down there, <laughs> catch the ball, do a stretch arm strong, dunk over somebody like you normally do. You know you ain't got no business on the three-point line, bro. Nah, he, nah his shot getting better. His shot getting better, Mo. You, you, been, you, been, you know what I'm saying? You been mean. Nah, his, shot, his shot is to the point where if maybe if he came down the court with the ball, and he just like, all right, bro, I'm about to just pull up, boom. But his shot is not to the point where you're gonna stand there and wait for the ball or wait for him to swing you the ball so you can put up the three. No, his shot ain't that level. Yeah, you think they gonna pass up Middleton to pass to that motherfucker? Hell no. Yeah. So nothing I really want to spend a lot of time on, but I do. Well, I'll give you some rapid takes on there. Uh, Orlando's <laughs> not real. They're being held together by Terrence Ross right right now who's averaging 22 points off the bench. He's really the only reason they're winning right right now. Their starting lineup really isn't doing what they're supposed to do. Orlando's See, not bro, that's real. That's what Boston needs. Indiana. points off the bench. In Indiana is 100% real. 
Oladipo is finally starting to look like his old self, and Sabonis is going. Did it? Am I, am I wrong? Did anyone out? Who? Oladipo. Oladipo. No, 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 no. out. I'm, I'm bugging. Nah, he's he's good to go. I thought he wanted out. Yeah, okay. yeah, nah, he's good. Atlanta is super dangerous, and they can average 140 points a game. But the fact that they're playing defense the way they're playing defense, that's gonna make them dangerous. Capella's there. perfect for them. Yeah, Capella was. He's exactly underrated. He can fit. He he can. He's he can fit anywhere. Yeah. Like anywhere, anywhere. The Raptors are in trouble, and they're now the leading front runner for the James Harden trade, assuming he doesn't want to leave. Who would and, they give uh, up? Who would they want? Oh, they. I mean, it's going to have to be picks. It's going to have to be a player in picks. It'll be Siakam in picks, and a whole bunch of picks. Yeah, it'll have to be a. Uh, it'll have to be like a Santa bag full of picks. Hey, yo, if you put Kyle Lowry in a deal, does it does it go up or does the interest go down? <laughs> the interest goes way up. I think they'd be interested in Kyle. You think Lowry. so? Yeah. Out there, yeah. I even if they didn't want him to play there, just having Kyle yeah, Lowry he might as be another a good piece compliment. to move, he might be a great a compliment. compliment. You take a winner, and Kyle Lowry is a winner. All right, all right. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I got you. I got. I, yeah, he he be killing me with these lines. <laughs> he was little. Yeah, you, know, <laughs> you absolutely got to take that one for sure. <laughs> like they hit you with it for sure. Okay, my fault. For sure, a hundred percent. And. Uh, <laughs> Denver well, is missing Jeremy Grant more than they thought they would. Yeah, you can't tell them it's no less yeah. than hundred percent when it's when you say hundred percent. A hundred percent. Yeah. So yeah. you're not you're not you're not uh on the the Nuggets bandwagon yet? Oh no no, I'm still there. I still I still believe in the Nuggets, but I'm just saying they're adjusting to not having the defense that they had last year with Jeremy Grant. Jeremy Grant going to to Detroit and Denver not really doing anything to fill that. Yeah. That gap when he left, I I don't think they they took. And they that needed something enough. else then. So, yeah, yeah. Now exactly. now they one now they missing a, whatever they did have going. I got you. I got yep. you. Yeah. So look for them to make a move before the dev- deadline as well, especially if they stay on the trajectory they're on. But those are my quick takes. Do you have any? Uh, you got some? And you want to throw out there, Mel, as a hot take? Or are you good? No, nah, I think that um I think Orlando is figuring it all out. I think that um I think that. We gotta wait for the season to reg- regular like it gotta get back to regular schedule programming. People still hot right now, some people resting because of the bubble. I think once we get the league back to its normal flow, whatever that means in the pandemic, but when we get it back to that, I think that we'll be able to have a little I could jump out the window a little bit more for now. But for now we cool, bro. We cool. All right, cool. Well, that's going to wrap it up for episode three here. As always, appreciate you guys. Mo, Mel, appreciate y'all for coming through. And uh, everybody who's here for the live stream, I appreciate that. And uh, for everybody watching this on YouTube, like, subscribe, turn on your notifications, drop a comment. I'll read them. I'll probably disagree with everything you got to say, but I'll read them. (laughs) All right, we'll holler at y'all. See y'all next time. Peace.